welcome to the very first episode of Ramblings of a Mama Bear. I'm Claudia Steele, your host and resident mama bear of One Bear Cup. When the idea for this podcast came to me, I knew I wanted to offer more than just my story. I wanted the audience to learn from the experiences one only gets from being a parent and from the knowledge and perspective of the experts. We start the birth of this podcast with a discussion on birth plans. This is a subject that's near and dear to my heart, as my experience was vastly different from my plan. After my own experience, I had a lot of questions and became curious as to how others felt about theirs. The more conversations I had, the more that I realized I wasn't alone. According to Statista.com, between July 1st of 2020 and June 30th of 2021, an estimated 360,000 babies were born in Canada alone. For first-time parents, this is unchartered territory, just as full of hope and promise as it is for veteran parents, but it can often come with a lot of pressure and unrealistic expectations of what birth will be. Today, we have three guests who have all been there and are all willing to share some of the knowledge and advice they have. Our first guest is Kimberly, a mom of one adorable one-year-old whose birth was anything but typical. In fact, she endured days of on-again, off-again labor that led to any plan she had being tossed entirely out the window. Well, thank you so much for being here today with us, Kimberly, and uh, thank you for sharing your experience with us. Of course. Tell us a little bit about your birth story and your birthing plan and how the two sort of went differently than you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I, I wanted to do natural birth. I did the online hypnobirthing courses and <laughs> hoping to be hypnotized when I was going through uh, labor. That did not happen, but um, it definitely did prepare me and gave me a lot of insight into choices that I really, if I didn't have a midwife or um, look into, I wouldn't have known. And I actually made a laminated birth plan. You know, I had it, I had the positions, <laughs> I had um, all that ready to go. <laughs> I didn't even look at it once, I don't think. I was planning uh, to birth at the Lucina Center, um, but just because I was 41 weeks, there's always that chance that you could go to a hospital if it went longer. So at that point, I wanted to induce, and I really wish I did not choose to induce, but this baby was not moving, my cervix was not changing. Um, and I was getting to the 42 weeks. So I asked my midwife about induction and she gave me a tincture. Mm -hmm. uh, so I took the tincture. I started uh, going into labor on Sunday evening and then um, labored until the next morning, got a little reprieve and then started in the afternoon all the way to Tuesday, like at like four in the morning a little reprieve, but then all the way again, Wednesday. And <laughs> so it was three days uh, of what they call primordial labor. Um, I mean, for me, it was every five minutes for a minute long for hours on end. So it was very draining. <laughs> me and my husband were really, um, really tired. So then I decided on the third day to uh, talk to my midwife about further induction she decided to go to the hospital with me and do an assessment. Uh, they decided to break my water. 
I then labored for another seven to eight hours naturally. Something happened though, around seven centimeters, I started to uh, regress in my contractions. At that point, I got this burning pain in my hips. It was the baby's head was so low for so long because I was laboring for so many days that it was just this like intensifying burning sensation that came over my hips in between contractions and and it was oh it was very worse than a contraction I'll tell you that (laughs) like and at that point that's when we decided to do the epidural which I cried about because I wanted to do the epidural and I got so far and um you know I just felt like defeated so I because I wanted the baby vaginally I did get the epidural and then um I basically just sat there like a bump you know just like a bump on a log not doing anything I was being so you know so involved in my labor and then just to be numb and sitting on a bed was really weird and surreal uh, for me. And maybe because I never envisioned that, you know, I didn't think about it, it would happen that way. Um, so then they they started to drip oxytocin and I started to progress. Finally, I was 10 centimeters dilated, pushed for two hours and <laughs> crowned baby. Baby was crowned. He was coming out. My hip pain returned. My uh epidural were off and I just remember um my legs being back for pushing and my husband and my midwife put my legs back and it was just the burning sensation came back yeah so they had to get more of the epidural in me before I could push again because it was just I couldn't even push with it um and then there was a point where the baby's heart dropped. So then this whole team came in and they were going to take my blood for a C-section um, and get ready. But then baby's heart rate came back up. So we're good. And so it kept going and his head was just stuck there for so long. So then the, the hospital, you know, OBGYN and stuff, they come in and they say, Hey, what's going on? Like, what are we doing here? Are we going to have a baby? And, you know, they come and see the head and they're like, okay, I'm going to come back in an hour. They give you like an hour. You're like, okay, I'm going to try. And then at that point, I've been pushing for so long. I was afraid the epidurals were off again. So I gave the go ahead for forceps, which was what the OBGYN had recommended. And that's another intervention I did not want to do. got the forceps on and it was one push and he he was out of me finally so didn't go to plan um didn't get to do my water birth at the birth center but baby was healthy and I was okay so that's the main thing if it makes you feel any better which I mean it won't because people always say that if it makes you feel any better but it really doesn't (laughs) um I had a similar experience not in that uh, it wasn't quite as long as yours at all it was 24 hours but yeah, it also didn't go to plan. Now for you, obviously the birth you had versus the birth that you had wanted to have were incredibly different. How did it feel for you when your expectations to what actually happened were so different? I mean, I definitely felt it after the experience. It was almost like a shock, you know, to have gone through all that. And I mean, no one can ever plan birth. Um, I wish I was a little more informed. I did struggle with disappointment again, because like I, had, you know, um, 
set that expectation of having a natural birth, you know, really beautiful, get to like be in the water with my baby and have it be calm and not this like intense environment with all these like surgic, you know, nurses and, you know, medical professionals around. I, I was really, you know, envisioning that. So it did, it did take me quite a while to process and accept that, you know, even though I didn't fail as a mom, you know, even though it didn't go the way that I was wanting it to go, you know, I didn't fail. And and for a long time, I did feel failure. I felt, you know, embarrassment that, you know, it that happened that way or ashamed, feeling ashamed that I didn't, you know, follow through. What do you think is the biggest reason why we push so hard? Everyone envisions how their birth is going to go, which, you know, I don't think is a bad thing to do that, but maybe not to build up so much expectation, wanting to be a good parent and a good mother. And like, I, I like that I made a plan because I still included a lot of things like, but yeah, the expectation of how it's going to go, I think it's a lot of that society. Did anyone try to warn you? I mean, my midwife had asked, you know, they always ask if you if you have a birth plan or if you're going to make one. And I tried to make it also for my husband because he seemed to be like not knowing what to do. So I was like, hopefully he reads this and gets an idea. I'd say it was the midwife and then I guess pure influence of like, do, do you know what you're doing? Do you have a plan? Are you like prepared? You know, like anyone can be prepared for that, but... Do you wish that someone would have come up to you and said, Kimberly, no matter how much you plan, things will not go the way that you hope, because that's just, you know, the natural process. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. It would have been more helpful to hear um, that and some more solidarity, I guess. Do you think you would have listened? Do you have sat back and been like, yeah, I 100% thank you for your advice and I will take it? Or would you have been like, nah, not me? no I would I would not me no for sure I would have been like that's nice you know like I take it in like okay but I got this you know like I have I have I've been doing my spinning babies yoga you know I've been doing my walks I'm preparing my body right and I think I I it's good to have that confidence almost but you know to not set that expectation to you know, have it go perfectly. But. Maybe if we didn't have that confidence, we just wouldn't have babies. <laughs> we would just be like, no, nope, I'm out. I'm not doing this, but thanks. What would you say to first time moms? I would say definitely more important in your plan would be decisions I'd say for your baby and you know for yourself but be realistic in terms of you know if something doesn't go to plan that you can be flexible in that plan what do you think that we can do or should do in order to change this pressure uh, that we put on moms I mean always remembering that you can have complications where you can pass away during childbirth. I mean, it is no small feat to labor a child out of your body. I mean, to birth, um, that it is a very intense, you know, physical thing that we go through and, um, to be open to, you know, just having your baby come out happy and healthy and that you're okay and baby's okay. And that's the most important thing. 
Melissa is a mom to two sweet little ones, and although her first birth went completely different than planned, like many parents, she is proof the second time around can be much more in line with what you hope for. Uh, thank you so much for being here with us today, Melissa. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And so when you were pregnant with your first, you know, and you started planning out, what were the sort of things that you were told about the birth and what you needed and what you should do and what you shouldn't do? I've always wanted to go the more natural route with as little interventions as possible. And I come from a big family. There's four girls in my family, one boy, and my mom gave birth to all five of us without any sort of intervention. Um, and my sisters and, and, uh, you know, my, my Oma had a lot of kids too. So I felt really like powerful. And I, I was like, I got this. Like, I really wasn't stressed about it. I didn't have a lot of like worry. I didn't, you know, like I just felt really confident, but, um, you know, I've, I did do a lot of reading, like I am someone who likes to research. So of course I learned of what kind of interventions do happen at the hospital. Um, but I was mostly reading about home birth because that's what I wanted to do with my first. And I wanted to give birth in the pool. So I got that whole setup in my house and uh, learned a lot about home birth that, you know, that they're very well-trained midwives and, you know, bring a lot of equipment. So they just made me feel really safe and, uh, and comfortable, but I am someone who likes to be organized as well. So I really did like plan everything to a T as much as I could. So wrote everything down. I had a plan for my husband as soon as I went into labor, like, yeah, it was all very organized. Everything for the birth was like put in little bags with labels and like, like that's my personality. So I definitely did a lot of planning, but I wasn't super stressed during the planning process. So at any point in time during making your plans, uh, mm -hmm. for your, for your birth, did anyone try to warn you that it wasn't going to work out that way? Yes, definitely. Like I did a, I did an online course, um, through mama natural. I'm not sure if you've heard of her and she did say numerous times, like nothing usually goes according to plan and other people, like I've, I've heard their birth stories and a friend of mine gave birth, um, four months before me and her birth, her home birth plan also, like, it was crazy. She was like helicopter, the helicopter had to come pick her up off an island on the West coast and bring her to Vancouver hospital. Yeah. Like, so it was like, I heard that story. Like I definitely knew things could go really wrong, but for some reason I still had this and I wish I didn't have all those expectations on myself. I was like, that's not going to happen to me. We're going to be fine. Like, you know, you really knew what was coming. It's very humbling. So mm -hmm. then at, at the point that, um, obviously, uh, you went into labor and things didn't go as mm -hmm. they were expected. What was that feeling afterwards? Oh, um, heartbreak. It really just felt, um, quite traumatic. Like I just felt like I was like cracked open basically, like just super, super emotional at how it, how it went down. And it took me a long time to process. And do you think there was something that could have happened along the way that would have made you a little bit more flexible in that plan that you wouldn't have set those expectations that were, you know, really high. With my second, I did this course that was um, put on by like a midwife who was uh, in her seventies. And so she's had loads and loads of experience, but kind of does things the old school way. And I think if I would have found that and really dove into all her research that she's done, I th think I would have been more prepared 
um, for whatever outcome and had more of an idea of how I, you know, like, what if this happens, then this, this, and this, you know, and like just been a little bit more flexible. So then the second time around knowing Mm -hmm. how things were Mm -hmm. having done this course, what was sort of the feeling? I mean, did the birth go exactly as planned? Were there changes? How, how did that go? I definitely went into it with a totally different attitude. I was okay with however things ended up. And I felt much like having gone through labor and everything the first time I felt much more like, okay, I, now I know what this somewhat know what this is feels like. So I felt, um, pretty empowered going into the second one. I think I went into it much stronger in so many ways that I was just like, I'm going to do this at home. Like I was more flexible, but in my heart, I was like, I know my body, what my body is capable of. And I know I can do this. So so yes, and it did go according, like it was really smooth other than the really long labor. Do you think there's, mm-hmm. there's something that like creates this sort of tendency for us to develop these rigid ex- and realistic expectations the first time around? I definitely feel like just in the media and through movies and television, like I don't think birth is portrayed in the way I feel like it should be. And there's a lot of women out there who don't do the amount of research that I do. And I even did a lot of research before my first, but it's such a, it's, there's so much out there and, and, you know, like it takes time to really feel out what's in your heart and how you would like your birth to look. I feel like there's probably a lot of women that feel pretty lost or they just go into this. I'm just going to, you know, it'll be fine. I'll go to the hospital. I'll give birth. I won't need any you know, interventions. So I, I do feel like there's a lot more information and a lot more support that's needed for mom, new moms. What advice yeah. would you give to any new mom that's, you know, going in, they're going to have their first baby. Yeah. I think educating yourself to a certain degree, <laughs> I think reading birth stories really, really helped me learning the midwife, like how the midwives do things, what they look for, how a birth kind of goes, the stages. Cause then when you're in that intensity of labor, you're kind of like, okay, this is, this is normal. It's messed up, but it's normal. <laughs> you know, like this is part of the part of it all. I think going into it blind would be pretty terrifying for me, like a connection to something higher, like a higher power, God, the universe, however you want to put that. I feel like having a practice even like a meditation practice of of something connecting outside of like what you see in front of you um, is extremely uh, beneficial during labor as well. Cause even when, you know, everything went wrong with my first, I, you know, I would just close my eyes and like almost take myself out of my body and having that um, sense of security from something bigger than myself energetically felt so necessary. When you go through something like birth, which is so uncontrollable, how does that change how you approach everyday life? Has it altered how you look at things? Uh, I mean, kids alone do that, Mm -hmm. but like, has that, that birth alter how you look at everything else in life? Yeah, it definitely did. And, and, um, I really feel like whether you have interventions or, or not a home birth with nothing, I feel like it, the whole experience, even being pregnant and beyond, like it, it cracks you open to a whole, like you are reborn, I feel. And, um, yes, I've definitely changed my approach to life. I'd, I'd have to say it's almost and here. I'll just go with my, my beliefs in, in the universe. Um, and that, that power, that love that's there. It's just like, just give it that, you know, live in the moment and whatever comes your way, like just, just give it, 
give it up to God or the universe and just try and stay present because the more expectations or you, you think life's going to go. And I mean, this pandemic has done that too. You think life's going one way and then you just get thrown a massive curveball. And if you're really set in your ways, like it's going to be devastating. Our final guest is Clara Johnson. She is a birth keeper, birth educator, and mother to three little ones. Clara has three incredible birth stories of her own and has been assisting others through pregnancy and birth for over 11 years now. Thank you so much for being here with us today and taking the time to speak to us. Uh, Clara, when it comes to birth plans, why are they so important to have? Yeah, I mean, I think for the majority of people, birth plans is kind of like a first opportunity to see what the options are around your birth. You know, in our culture, we often do not think about pregnancy, think about birth, think about postpartum until we are in fact pregnant ourselves, um, which is a huge problem (laughs) Um, because, you know, the education, the preparation and the wisdom that we really need to garner, it is often a process that takes a very long time to get into a space where you feel um, like you are really, you know, taking ownership over your body and over, you know, over the journey. And so uh, as a uh, birth educator, how often do you see situations where, you know, women go in with a plan for their births and like, it does not go exactly as planned? Uh, All the time, (laughs) all the time. And I think that's um, perhaps one of the the issues um, with our culture around birth and how we frame it. Um, and how detached we are from the physiology of the process. Kind of part of the issue too with birth plans is that they aren't super, super, you know, encapsulating of the full extent of the experience. And so I'm sure that you've seen in in your years of work, sort of the disappointment that comes with um, the expectations that we as moms put on ourselves. How do you deal with that when you're when you're dealing with moms every day and that level of disappointment. I'm quite privileged as a mom of three young children to live in an area where there are tons of young families. So I come across people not only when I'm hired to debrief birth experiences or to offer postpartum support or to support someone, you know, in, in a subsequent um, pregnancy and birth, but also just out, you know, in my in my community, people hear what I do and they often are kind of, it's like a gateway to, you know, share their story with me, <laughs> um, which is wonderful. Um, and I'm quite grateful for that. But I think, you know, the the main stories that I hear coming out when, when, you know, postpartum people are disappointed or grieving a birth that they didn't get and that they wanted, um, you know, it's often the cause is something outside of themselves. It's not because their body couldn't do the work. Um, it's not because their baby didn't know what to do and how to be birthed. Um, it is very much often the people that, you know, they entrusted to support them and guide them in the experience for me and in the community that I am and the people that come to me, um, the wanting and the desire is most often, you know, to have what one might say a natural birth um, or a physiological birth. Um, And so the, you know, the grieving and the mourning at the end of that is often that that, you know, was really just taken away from them because they didn't have the supportive structures in place that helped to facilitate that process. Um, So it's very much, you know, a, a journey towards understanding for oneself that it wasn't your body and it wasn't your baby. Um, you know, we can't just go in right with that birth plan (laughs) 
and expect everything to fall in place just off of that um, of that sheet of paper, right? There's a lot more work that needs to be done. And so what do you think sets uh, women up with these expectations? Like, what do you think creates this sort of environment where women feel like they have to have this, you know, extremely planned out, detailed birth? Well, I think, I think we're just often told by society as a whole that you go in with a birth plan. And if you don't go in with a birth plan, like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I think it's that. I think it's just this idea that, oh, I'm supposed to do this, so I'm going to do it. The other thing I think about, you know, formulating the plan and thinking that you need to have one in, in place, I also think it is perhaps an exercise of control. Um, you know, there's this idea that birth is something we can't control <laughs> because, you know, we can't. We can't control the physiology. I think we can trust the physiology. That is a sense of control that we can harness for ourselves to have that, to have that trust. Um, but I do think for, you know, a lot of adults, it's really, really hard to trust one's own body, especially as female born bodies where we are, you know, often conditioned to not listen to intuition, um, to not speak our mind, to not claim space, to not use our voice. Um, and so, you know, having this sense of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do all this stuff and then that's going to give me what I want. I think that that's just, you know, something that's embedded within our culture. And I think that people are really waking up to the fact that, um, you know, it, it doesn't always end up that way. What advice would you give to a first time parent who is looking at, you know, uh, creating a birthing plan for themselves and don't know where to start and are already setting really, really high expectations or unreachable expectations for, for the birth? Yeah. I mean, for me, I actually ask that the birth plan be put aside <laughs> because the birth plan is often a very kind of objective way of looking at birth. Um, and I think when you understand the energies around birth, birth isn't that objective thing, <laughs> right? Birth is an experience. It's not something that we write down. Um, and, or, you know, and check the boxes off on, right? It, it's an emotional thing. It's an energetic thing. So I actually asked, let's not look at the birth plan. <laughs> let's not think in those terms. And I actually asked people to think of a birth vision. I asked them to sit with themselves, right? So the pregnant person, you know, just sit with yourself, whether that's kind of like inviting yourself into meditation, or maybe you're just relaxing in bed at night, or you're taking a nice warm bath somewhere where you feel really um, secure and really safe and where you can just kind of, um, you know, attune and really sit into your body and to baby and just ask yourself, what is it that I want for birth? And what I often see in that is that these beautiful stories around birth come to the surface. And then, you know, in maybe one of our, our sessions, and maybe we'll talk about more like the birth plan stuff. I feel like uh, sometimes like birth is an exercise in letting go. And this is just my opinion. But if you were to teach people from the beginning, uh, that this is a process and just allowing uh, them to trust their bodies and just have someone on hand who knows what they're doing in case you do have to pivot in a medical way or any other way um, that we would be much better off than trying to uh, plan. And it's something that I wish someone had taught me prior to me having my birth, because what I planned obviously, and what happened were completely, completely different things. But then there was that emotional guilt afterwards that I must have done something wrong. And that's why I was not able to, um, you know, give birth. For a lot of people, we do have the opportunity to choose location of birth 
if we have a care provider there, if so, who the care provider is, who else is there with us. We have control over, you know, connecting ourselves with communities of like-minded people who can support us as well throughout our experience. Um, and so that, you know, I think that's number one is aligning what your, you know, what your birth plan is, what your vision is with what you are actually doing. Like, what are the steps you're taking, right? That's the second part after I go through with the people I support of deciding what it is you really want. Okay, now what are the action steps we can take to give that the best, you know, possibility of happening? What would your suggestion be to start changing that attitude behind birth uh, plans and and these expectations that people set up that may not be um, what's best for them? Yeah, I mean, I think one big thing for me is understanding the politics and the structures around prenatal and birth support and care understanding you know if you want a physiological birth that there's a lot of work that you're going to need to do um, in order to have that happen if you are stepping inside of the system um, also i think that there is incredible power in understanding when hiring a care provider um, what is their scope what are their stats what are their numbers do they align with what you want when I say that, I mean, like, if you're wanting a natural birth, then, you know, say their cesarean section rate is 45% or something, right? Or saying their transfer from home rate, you know, is like more than, you know, 20 or 30%, right? Why are we looking at these people? So having the capacity to ask those questions, and that's so hard. <laughs> and then, you know, the other thing is that, you know, listening to the stories of other people, right? So like you're sharing this podcast, that's beautiful, right? Listening to the stories of people that have traveled through birth, have traveled through pregnancy, and really accessing that as a form of birth preparation. Um, there's, you know, anecdotal evidence is so important within this topic, especially because so much of what is true around birth is very much censored. Um, and, you know, the, the push, the push is always that it's risky, and that it should be medicalized and overseen by somebody it's interesting too that you that you said um, earlier, you know, that the importance of listening to the stories of other people who have had births, because that was something that I've discussed a lot with different moms. People try to warn me that things don't always go as planned. And, you know, looking back now, I can admit that I didn't listen very well, you know, because I was very much stuck in that, oh no, no, not me. You know, how do you get through to moms? How do you how do you get past that, right? And it's really hard. And this is something, you know, I, I struggle with on the emotional level where I can see right, very clearly um, when some decisions are made, I can just be like, you know, it can be even early in the pregnancy or later on, but like, oh, I can see where this birth is going to go. Right. And so as a birth worker, and I have these conversations with other birth workers all the time because it pains us because we've seen enough births to, you know, to be like, oh, this is what's going to happen, you know? All you can really do is plant seeds. You know, all I can say is let's step away. Birth has become a very um, private event for a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people during pregnancy, they don't really, you know, they don't have that kind of open dialogue within their family. With, often there isn't a lot of that like really juicy, deep conversation. 
<laughs> about it, even though, you know, look around how many, how many of us are birthing people, right? We have so much wisdom to share, but we hold it really private. And then we save it for these, what, 10, 15 minutes in a doctor or a midwife's office um, to just like very briefly, like, you know, come to the surface of what could really be gone into, you know? You know, I think one thing that is, is a negative of our birth culture right now is this kind of infantilization of birthing people and the idea that like we're children <laughs> and we need to be coddled and that we don't have the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to hear negative things and not let that scare us or send us down like this terrible rabbit hole. Um, so I think that for me, that's a huge thing because I did go through that process in my early years as a doula being like, oh, I don't want to tell them about this right? Especially like a first time birthing person, person where, you know, I would see people going in with like a sense of, um, you know, just not knowing, right. Just not knowing. Um, and you know, I have come to a place where, you know, that information needs to be shared. That's what I believe. Um, and I think we can, you know, come at it from a place of the, per let's just hold that the person's going to take, you know, I'm saying it in love. I'm saying it in support. Um, what I'm sharing is truth, right? Um, and, you know, let's just hold them to be, you know, the mature adult that they are and give them that capacity to say, okay, this is what I'm going to take from that story. And this is where I'm going to go with it, right? And I would encourage anyone that has had a birth that went in the direction it didn't want, they didn't want it to go in, you know, to talk to someone like myself or another birth worker um, who has a sound understanding about the physiology, who has a sound understanding about what is commonplace within practice and within policies um, of the MIC, you know, sit down with them and, you know, really go through the birth because I, you know, it's not the body that is putting people into these situations of trauma. It's just not. I think what I've taken away from my own experience is that birth is unique and different for everyone. It is hard to predict what will happen and making rigid plans or setting really high expectations is a surefire way to head down a road of disappointment. Perhaps births can be so unpredictable in an effort to teach us the first important lesson in parenthood. We are no longer in control. Babies will arrive in their own time, not ours. And as much as we try, it seems the more control we want, the less we get. I love Clara's take that we are intuitive and fully capable of giving birth. It seems somewhere along the way, we have forgotten to trust that our bodies are naturally capable. We let in all the outside noise and opinions and we can't seem to listen to what our bodies are saying. Whether you choose to birth in a hospital, at home, or wherever you feel comfortable, the one thing that seems to be a consensus is listen to as many stories as possible, even if they are a bit scary, and take them in as knowledge, because knowledge after all is power. Even more than that is knowing what you want, but being flexible. Be strong in voicing what you're looking for in an experience, but remember that setting yourself in a headspace of letting go of expectations and pivoting when your body says it needs something different is immensely important. Above all, birth is an exercise in relinquishing a little control in preparation for the life that is about to pop out of you and start calling all the shots. At least for a little while. Births can also be traumatic, especially when things don't go as planned. And reaching out to someone like Clara or a therapist specializing in this sort of event is very important for your mental health postpartum. Remember, mamas, you were born with the ability to do this and you got this. I want to thank all three of our amazing guests. I could not have asked for a better group for my maiden voyage. 
Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time.